the following radio show might contain content that some people could find distasteful. Cornucopia Radio presents True Kilt, the normal rules of probability do not apply to me, so I wasn't especially surprised to find myself in my kilt after closing time in a chip shop standing next to the world's most innovative financial genius, and just to prove it. Stocks and shares, child play, why not invest in the baby futures market? In a calculated bid to capture the larger end of the unlisted securities market, a British-based investment group, Thatchagogi Holdings, has begun trading in child futures. Parents, on provision of the necessary genealogical and genetic evidence, may register, then offer their offspring as literally a future investment. How about that? That crazy English sense of humor. Ray Christmas, CEO, expects that initial options priced in fractions of any currency chosen will trade modestly at first, but market-sensitive information will rapidly increase the volatility in individual options. And if you can't decide which brat to bet on, teams of analysts and researchers are now in place, offering a variety of data, updated continuously by Bloomberg's, on the 457 fetuses, 227 toddlers, plus innumerable infants currently under consideration for eligibility. But hey, let's not get bogged down in minor detail. I'm also following certain specific babies' futures. Now, I'm reliably informed that they're the reborn other 11 nights I rode with when I was King Arthur in a previous life. That's undoubtedly why the face on the TV, all pinstriped and permagrine, is the face of the man in the chippy queue ahead of me. It's because we're on similar quests. This land was lawless then, and it's lawless now. Boy, where's your pounds, girlie? Yeah, Donald, where's your trousers? Oh, oh my mum's sack! Oh, oh, not again. Oh, it's happening. Oh, it's uh, sorry, sorry, uh, where was I? I, I, like I said, the laws of probability do not apply to me. Everything happens for a reason. So I knew then I had to arm him up immediately. Take this wee gun. And remember, this here's the safety catch. What? Oh, yeah, thanks, man. And that's the trigger, right? But it's not loaded, evidently. No, no, or I would be dead by now. I remember also only point it at people you didn't like. Good point, man. Christmas. That's me, Raymond Christmas. How do you do? Uh, Robert, uh, Robert the Bruce Lee. Charmed, I'm sure.
Yes. 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 I can see them. They are in view. Don't move a muscle. One of them's going to the fridge. He's opening the door wide. He's reaching in. He's bringing out something in his hands. It's a tin. He's opening it. Oh, yes. Oh, no. It's lager. And he's drinking it. Oh, so that means no food then. Is that what you're saying? I shan't bother to get up. No, Scylla, I've told you. If we act together, we can make them do stuff. Don't tell me. We can make them set their faces on fire again and sniff kitty litter up their noses. They're going to do that anyway. Okay, then. If you could get them to open as a tin, I'll be nice to you. Oh, damn. They both just fell over. So? So no supper for us tonight. Oh, I think I'll lick my bottom, then. Me, too. I think I'll lick your bottom. In your dreams. If necessary. Everything went pear-shaped after we threw that fat son of his yacht. Our work was certainly challenging after the creative solution we arrived at on our last big fraud case. Even though those useless twats in charge were supposed to be privatising the department, from that day on we didn't get a sniff of anything but the dirtiest, crappiest, least remunerative jobs around. Yeah, all the talentless tossers got the Swiss golden handshake, a seven-figure sum in Zurich on the quiet, and two-thirds of 23-eighths of a NAFOL civil service pension to keep it all looking legit. The public sector deficit had prompted the government to look at more flexible ways of achieving the department's objectives, and within MI 5.5 we were able to hone and refine many of our basic procedural skills, as the policy of privatisation, downsizing and voluntary early retirement meant that many of our less diligent colleagues made the difficult decision to settle for a reduction in their anticipated lifestyles and left. So to pass the time to alleviate the ball-breaking flow tedium of paperwork, procedure and painstaking attention to detail, that poxy prat of a partner of mine, that Vincent, suggested that we worked on our good cop, bad cop act. Said he'd read in some article in the Harvard Business Review. Poser. That's the kind of crap they teach nowadays on part-time MBAs in international law enforcement. Of course, in any profession, you can't afford to stand still. So whilst it was fascinating to get to grips with some of the more obscure and exacting varieties of documentation associated with our profession, I realised that Leonard and I should not let our operational skills atrophy. Indeed, it was vital that as and when new opportunities presented themselves, albeit within or without the department, it was best if we could respond with the appropriate flexibility. Vincent said that career resilience was the in thing now in the States, just like many other work-related trends that started there first. I told him straight, the only in thing I was interested in had legs either side. Frankly! Frankly! I flaming well despaired. It was really quite exceptionally exciting. Do you remember how it used to be? 
Yeah, we were poor. And I got as rich, didn't I? Well, you and your three wives, Rich, yes. But only after I got your head on straight, I'd remind you. Oh, yeah. Sorry, I forgot. That's okay. Must be all the drugs. Oh, yes. Hell. Fancy some drugs. Well, yeah, we've not done that for ages. Wait a minute. Are you suggesting I use drugs for purely recreational purposes? <coughs> yes. Fancy some drugs. Well, yeah, we've not done that for ages. Sorry for not knocking. But we didn't want to... Alarm you until now, that is. Listen, boys, I'm going to need to see my lawyer. You wish, sunshine. That won't be necessary. So get to the point. I'm busy. <coughs> what do you want? All your money, Sunny. We have a simple business proposition for you. You and the rest of the corporate economic hemisphere. <laughs> it's Gita's having a laugh. Leonard... Drop that ridiculous Cockney accent immediately and listen. Remember the plan? We undercut the Japanese bid with our American-backed offer. Commission on that deal puts us in Zurich and Miami. Alternate seasons until 2029. Enough for you? OK, you're in luck this week. You've got a special offer on. Which is? Take this synopsis of our terms. Looks OK. You two are well informed. And greedy. Still... I didn't expect you came here to talk to me about father and the Tory master race. No, one thing at a time. Although that's a perfectly acceptable hobby in the, uh, the privacy of your own home. So what next? My lawyers will contact you when, um, when hell freezes over. That's more like it. Put up a bit of a fight. We like that. He'll match the Japanese deal and throw in some immunity from prosecution. Prosecution for what? Trigger me. Yeah. I'd love to take you seriously, but I can't. Here, stare down the barrel of this gun and imagine for a moment that if I did need to shoot you, it could all be sorted out. Now sod off and leave us alone. And next time, knock. Christ, Ray, where did you get that flaming gun? From Robert the Bruce Lee, in the chip shop the other night. Ever since they took the cat next door to the vets and he never came back, I've been thinking. What, Scylla? That time's running out and you won't get to do all those wonderful things you set out to do? The things you sat round dreaming of? So that was really it? All those moments when you could have grabbed life by the scruff of the neck and really made something happen? Yes, absolutely. Do you feel that way too? No, Scylla. The thought never crossed my mind. Ray feels that yesterday's visit might indicate a change of attitude towards his unique financial position. Man, don't get me started on this, because you know I think I told you that I told them the only way to work out where all the money was was to get the tax and VAT to bust me for non-payment. Let them sort it out. Anyway, let's nip next door. Look at how all the lawyers and accountants are getting on with my computer files. Mr. Christmas, I'm glad to see you. Can you sign this, please? 
Sure. What is it? Our requisition for more cat food, sir. Liberace here has quite an appetite. He's always asking us to feed him. His name's Archie. And he's fed next door. Found anything? Well, Mr. Christmas, we've found we're all very impressed by your Thatchagotchi. Even the name is a triumph of the programmer's art. So successful, so 80s, so few lines of code, so... Easy, son. Cut the technical spec. What the hell is it? Uh, Mr. Christmas, part of the deal is that I don't tell a living soul about this. Go on. I'm always keen my friend here finds out something else that might say more about me than having three wives. I always crack up when I hear someone else try to explain it. Well, money is analogue, whilst modern data transfer is digital. So? So, normally financial institutions calculate every figure they can by rounding up or down infinitesimally small decimal points of money in their favour. The Thatchacochi application does the same and gathers some even tinier fractions of each institution's money and then takes it and puts it into another intelligent account that conducts the next transaction and, uh, so on. So it steals a lot of money? Exactly. Neat. What's your function here again? I head the team. We are Forensic Financial Systems Accountants, Mr. Christmas. Hell, they've mutated into one lethal strain. They won't find anything here, but those two yesterday, those two chuffs are something else entirely. Today is a not drinking day, so the only response to this turn of events is to drive. We take Ray's Mercedes out up over the moors into the hills and valleys beyond. Ups and downs. Dropping the automatic box into sport mode to facilitate more reckless overtaking, Ray expounds his philosophy. After all those now forgotten years of struggle, man, eventually, effortlessly, the Thatcher got you was good to me. Eventually, effortlessly, I will be good back. If something hits that corner before us, we could be consummate. Of course, there's disparity. That's why there are so many poor people on the streets. That's why you see them when you didn't used to. So the rich got richer at their expense. Not exactly rocket science, is it? Shift your bloody arse, missus. It's about choice. Well, you don't really need to do anything different to affect change other than recognise the fact that by totally deciding to be here now, you make it the best place in the world for you to be. Wow, that was close. Visit All opinions are personal and not representative of the rest of the planet. Your home is at risk if you do not keep up repayments on a mortgage or any other secured loan. Don't run with scissors. Only a few animals were harmed in the making of this product. Any similarity to persons living or dead is totally deliberate. So why am I supposed to sign all these contracts, Ray? Because Silidols that say one of six different catchphrases whenever you pet them 
will be this year's Christmas Toys R Us taxing item. Expect to hear. They're both mine, actually, Archie. Top Cat and all his disciples. Let's set our faces on fire and sniff kitty litter up our noses. If you can get them to open the fridge, I'll be nice to you. Coming soon to a small child or a big kid near you. Soon, man. Which reminds me... I'm bored. Wait a minute. According to this, I'm the chairman of the board. Ray, what's going on? Here I am, supposedly enjoying the fruits of my creative endeavours, good money for the first time since I was at art school, and all I can do is wonder what the hell's going to happen next. Do you want the good news or the bad news? Ray, just give me the news. The good guys, that's us, have got the loot. The bad guys, that's them, want it off us. <sighs> Thanks, man. What now? Well, the people I'm paying to advise, not my wives, right? Because they've got other flipping ideas, right? The people I'm paying say I should carry on doing what I'm doing until I decide to do something else. And to let them know about it as soon as possible after. What? Aren't they supposed to tell you what to do? And aren't they to let you know about it as soon as possible before? Easy on the italics, man. Modern business leadership is all about facilitation now. Who's facilitating who? The tax and the VAT and the government are facilitating everyone, except me, because I'm facilitating them. Here, facilitate some of this, down you. Well, yeah, man, it's like that. You win some, you schmooze some. Well, that's better than when you cock things up totally. How so? Well, my new investor, Mr Yamamoto, he's really sold on South Yorkshire now, and so are nearly all the rest of his team. The other guy, well, you know, he didn't take to the Thatcher Goggy concept so well. Damn right he didn't, Zen terrorist. He won't be returning to our highly paid job in industry, will he? Well, man, it's all good publicity, and anyway, I'll hire him as a consultant when he gets out of prison. Listen to the FT, man. Mr Yamamoto, head of the Nitsujitsu Corporation of Japan, pictured here getting arrested by members of the Special Patrol Group of the Orgreave Reenactment Society. Combining business with pleasure on his visit to the famous battle site in South Yorkshire, Mr Yamamoto said he had been delighted to take the opportunity to experience a recreation of the authentic British working man's class struggle with state oppression. Later, after signing an agreement with local businessman Ray Christmas, the 53-year-old chief executive of Japan's second biggest electronics corporation and the Northern Post industrialist amazed everyone at the local miners' welfare with their stirring duet rendition of Sinatra's My Way. As part of an exclusive hardware and software licensing agreement with the controversial oh, sodding tabloid mentality controversial entrepreneur Christmas, Nitsujitsu have agreed to site their European product centre in South Yorkshire. The deal, involving the creation of 350 jobs in an area still hard hit by the pit closures of the last two decades, will provide a much needed boost to the local economy. Nitsujitsu were also in the news recently when their chief financial officer hijacked the Tokyo Osaka bullet train and held more than 200 passengers at gunpoint. 
skilled negotiators were unable to understand or comply with his demands that the Japanese people became one with the universe and he gave himself up after 16 hours citing overwork in his defence. Christmas himself is at the centre of a massive tax and VAT investigation following the collapse of his... Ah, oh, bollocks. May I help you with some paperwork? You bet. Watch this for a video conference. Oh, hello, Mr Christmas. How are you? How do you get this number? Listen, Sonny. I need to talk to a grown-up. Understand? Let me talk to your dad or mum. Mr Christmas, I hope this won't take long. I'm in the middle of running the country. Fine. Pleasantries. Now, are you trying to push me off my yacht or what? Mr Christmas... I wasn't aware you even had a yacht. But even so, why should I want to push you off it? Prime Minister, I am attempting to cooperate with the authorities fully. However, I cannot emphasise too highly how important it is that I am left to resolve the delicate matter of the baby futures market unhindered. And so you are, aren't you? With two slight exceptions. Please note that I will henceforth shoot anyone who appears suddenly without warning and who hasn't been introduced. Secondly, get your press office to tell those media tycoon muppets to be more precise and objective. I am controversial northern post-industrial amnesiac entrepreneur Ray Christmas. Anything I did, I have forgotten, so can't be blamed for, except for the good stuff, which I still stand by whatever. Clear? Quite so. That's the last time I donate millions I haven't got to his party funds. Do you know what I thought? When? When I came round in the Hotel Amari at Bangkok Airport, holding a copy of the White Album in one hand and Carlos Costanida's Power of Silence in the other. Or was it Dark Side of the Moon and the Dice Man? Or maybe it was... Gary Glitter's Greatest Hits and the Railway Children. You were a pisshead, Ray. It could have been the Lambada and the Beano for all it matters. Anyway, what did you think when you came round? I forget now. Hello and welcome to Beanbag Bargains, the show that helps you find the perfect, shapeless, warm, cosy human substitute you can happily spend 23 hours a day gonked out on. What have you got for us this week, Scylla? Well, Archie, tonight we've got this lovely brown hessian one to get your claws into. It's full of 325,000 little styrofoam balls that retain your body heat whilst resonating at any purr between 17 and 44 hertz. Yo, let me on it. Do me first. Ray? Don't you think familiarity breeds contempt? I can say that again, you freeloading waste of space. Right, that's it, you breadhead. Keep your bloody money. I'll pay it back every penny. I've got a record here, you know. Amounts and dates all totaled up. Really? No, of course not. You can whistle for it, you Tory bastard.
Ray has the bright idea of a complete change that might do us good. We fly to Zurich where a health clinic changes all our blood for some new clean stuff. We're so elated by this long forgotten clarity of thought and feeling that we promptly get pissed at the airport in the steel and graphite business class lounge. We're mixing our own Bloody Marys, trying to get that difficult blend between the basic grainy vodka taste, the savoury Worcester sauce and the spicy Tabasco bite. And of course, lemon. Lemon spurts everywhere as the Swiss Air stewardesses, alarmed by the blue plastic wristbands we've forgotten to take off from the clinic, advise us that the airline reserves the right to refuse to fly any passengers whose state of intoxication may endanger the safety of the other passengers and crew. We are too cheerfully drunk to care. Ray says he's always liked this town. And so next thing, we're in a taxi heading back through the tunnel to the Alstadt. Here, in the Hirschenplatz, we buy a 40 Swiss franc chunk of Moroccan from a low-temperature Turk who takes some persuading that, yes, he does know where we might get some hashish, and then, sensing that we are not the law, having done the deal and not tried to arrest him, he becomes more pally, asking where we're from and what we call this kind of hash in England. Uh, um... Hippie-poo! Hippie-poo, Ray! <laughs> we crack up laughing at what I've just said. Seriously, even the alternative good burgers of the old town look at us as we howl like lassie. It was a killer joke, man. We snap the hippie-poo in half, and for security reasons, we immediately chew it down, bidding a tearful farewell to our young friend. We go round the corner to the Hemper House, a bar upholstered in hemp fabric and full of other, like, wholesome hemp products, paper lampshades, rock music, etc., and carry on drinking. Hemp beer, actually. Having laughed himself out, Ray's mood swings towards the philosophical and metaphysical. Sade is singing, Your Love is King, and here in this 5,000-year-old city we engage in the time-honoured ritual of getting drunk, talking tosh, and saying f*** a lot. Don't ever go around the world, man. Gravity will suck the life out of you. Really? It's true, man. Travelling too far, there's all that friction. It's truly a drag. That's why when you get older, your face stretches. You look tired all the time. So don't go anywhere. Just lie still and you'll look a damn sight bear without the gravity drag factor. That's shit, Ray. What's the bloody point of looking better, man, if you never get out to meet anyone? They can come and visit and, like, talk to you when you're lying down in a, you know, gravity drag factor resistant recumbent posture. So what are you two's doing here in Zurich, then? Ah, oh, hi, man. Thanks for the gun. Came in handy. Handy? How? Two guys with unorthodox methods who tried to get too businesslike, too fast and too cheap. <laughs> in unfashionable leisure wear and, and talking uh, like this or, or, or uh, like this all the time. Christ, that's them. Do you know them? No, no, I never heard of them. Just a lucky guess. What he's been doing? Your man's fair white. Booze and dope. Nothing lethal. Oh, be careful hereabouts. Why? That's a good saying if you can still speak. Why be sodding careful hereabouts? Because this is the Neolithic Junction. This is Leyline Grand Central. The river limit at the bottom of this hill is the love juice of the goddess. 
flowing into the Zurich Sea between her thighs. So what? So have some schnapps. It'll break down the THC faster. Otherwise, you'll be going for days. Cheers. Hey, look, it's those two again. All right, Christmas. These bulges are guns. And we are pleased to see you. Oh, yeah! <coughs> <coughs> This way, ma'am. Hippie poo ray! Long before you knew what you wanted, we knew that you knew that you only ever wanted us to decide what was best for you. And we did. Business class is full of an assortment of breadheads, mainly grey government cats returning to the capital from one of their northern outposts in our fair city. Ray is in a buoyant mood, asking each if they've had a good day at work as we stroll down the carriage. Dudes! How's it hanging? The civil servants become uncivil, avoiding eye contact and taking a renewed interest in their inch-thick, death-dealing deciduous reports. The rasping squeak of yellow highlighter pens on Her Majesty's A4 foolscap marks our progress to our seats. Elsewhere in the carriage, keyboards are hammered and the passing industrial wastelands questioned monosyllabically via mobile phones. Twats. I pay their wages. Well, I would, if I had any money. Anyway, the signs are all very positive, ma'am. Let's drop those trips we had left over from 77. Oh no, not the Jubilee Acid. We chew the little rectangles of blotting paper printed with a Union Jack carefully. They've been tucked behind the strike strip of a book of matches for 23 years and taste bloody dreadful. We hastily assemble a collection of miniatures and cans from the buffet and start drinking immediately to deaden the rush when it comes. The rush, when it comes, hits us half an hour out from London. I'm listening to the doors on my Discman, man. Everything goes golden yellow in the evening sun and Luton looks like Baghdad. The minarets and tower blocks testify to some strange, mildly threatening emotion I can't understand as Jim Morrison ululates wildly in devotion or protest depending on how I feel. The Guinness label on this can looks like the death certificate of some Victorian alchemist and the stout tastes like the bottom of the river I fell in when I was four. That businesswoman walking by in a short, tight skirt, impossibly sheer and silky legs, has me flashing on the present Mrs. Ray, who resents all the time Ray and I spend together, until that night she slammed me against the wall, rubbed her crotch hard against mine, and stuck her tongue deep into my mouth. She never said a word, just walked off and left me up against the wall. Oh, Christ, that was sexy. Now I've got to point my packet sideways in my pants. Do her good to strip off that gear. How'd you know? I said I wouldn't do two with the trip off this gear. I am limping to the toilet now, past the grey zombie business corpses and their death-dealing glares. Lock myself in and pull out my old man, which points upwards obstinately. Hell, I'm sure I need a pee after all that booze, but what am I going to do? Stand on my flipping head? The sunlight is cutting through the frosted window. I let go of my willy to look at my watch, 
but I can't recognise any of the numerals and the hands point in directions that don't make sense. Hurry it up, man. We'll be in London in two minutes. Oh, thanks, man. That timely detumescence was really helpful. Now I'm really pleasurably peeing. I'm just starting to enjoy this. Tomcat Territorial Tactics Rule. Off at St Pancras, in that enormous shed with all the passengers carrying their baggage and trudging up the platform like refugees from some northern conflict. Hold it, drop the Dostoevsky, boost the David Bowie, William Gibson, William Burroughs, Arthur C. Clarke. Docking at St Pancras, into that fabulous diamond-roofed spaceport hangar, we high-tech cyber pirates buckled, zipped and velcroed into our suits and hardware, strutting into the city to pillage and party. 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 Oh, tell us at a car. Pier. The underground's so excited when you're off your head on hallucinogenics, man. Hope it's George and his merc. He's ex-diplomatic, or... See him fit that car through a tight space. You can tell he's killed people. Killing people? Oh, crap. That guy looks like one of those Zurich cowboys. He's looking at me. Christ, so is everyone else. No change there, then. Large silver merc with Scottish Highland Bull George lowering our bags into the boot, dwarfed by the enormous Gothic frontage of St Pancras. <laughs> I giggle at the Adams family effect. Then it's on past the Auschwitzian chimneys, uh, Venetian pitch tile roofs of King's Cross into the fast food, traffic light forest straggling towards the Islington Road. Melody FM plays Andy Williams almost there, and I definitely am because I feel like a butterfly and all this colour fluttering around me, man, that's my wings. And Ray agrees because he's just said so, I think. The same thing happens six times in succession. Ray turns to me to say something, but the car stops at a red light and he's distracted by some saucer-eyed cat looking in at us. The car moves off, and so on. We've abandoned all pretense of trying to speak by the time we cross Tower Bridge, so I am looking upriver, where either London has just been taken out by a single thermonuclear device which is exploding really slowly, or the sun is setting. It's hard to tell which. I am still looking at the intricate geometric patterns on the backs of my hands when we hit the ramp up to the hotel. Obviously, it's quite hard to tell if the reception area really does consist of a glass tent into which a three-masted schooner has run aground in front of the Cape Kennedy launch pad just over a road of continuously melting liquid chocolate, so I concentrate on following Ray past the crowds of uniformed Mrs. Ray lookalikes who shout greetings in foreign languages as he waves his toothbrush at some and kisses the others. <laughs> We step into a Jerry Anderson airlock tube and click our way across the licorice-paved walkway to the bar, which seems to be populated exclusively by people wearing the costumes that George Lucas deemed too outlandish for the cantina scene in Star Wars. Fortunately, before I can lose the plot entirely, a man with orange skin and teeth like indigestion tablets leaps at us. Ah, hello, Raimundo. Maestro, fire up the piano 40 whilst we fuel up at the bar. Oh yeah, Ray. 
ordering two shots each of 125 pound brandy from that flask that looks like a cross between a sea urchin and a hot water bottle, all mixed in with a slugger baby sham each, won't really attract attention to us, will it? We down them in one and take our pints over to the piano where everyone stops looking at us suddenly. Ha! They must know we're going to sing. But first the intro. And in the death, as the last few corpses lay rotting in their slimy thoroughfares, fleas the size of cats fed on cats the size of dogs, and 10,000 peoploid split into vast tribes, which assaulted the glass fronts of lovely avenue. Any day now, the year of the diamond dogs. Heavily leisure-worn types look up finally as the Rolling Stones cowbell riff kicks in from the drum machine and the maestro joins us on backing vocals. As they pulled you out of the oxygen tent, you asked for the ladies' party. With your silicone lump and your ten-inch stones. Soon we have the place pretty much to ourselves, and the piano top fills up with pint pots, empty brandy bowls, and baby sham bottles. Am I so, eh? The only man in the whole of East London who knows the love theme from Fireball XL5. Let's sing it then! I wish I was a spaceman, the fastest guy alive. I'd fly you round the universe in Fireball XL5. Out in space together. Conquerors of the skies My heart will be a fireball A fireball Every time I gaze into your starry eyes The man who is tired of London is tired of life We cruise along the Milky Way And land upon the moon To a We'd zoom our way to Mars My heart would be a fireball A fireball Cause you would be my Venus of the stars But though I'm not a spaceman Famous and Thank you, all eight members of the Risk Committee, for giving me the opportunity to explain in person some of the recent difficulties arising from the management of your assets. But first, let me give you some important background details. When I regained consciousness in the Hotel Amari at Bangkok Airport with... Remind me, Ray, what was I holding again? A copy of Charles Handy's The Empty Raincoat in one hand uh, and a CD of Phil Collins' Greatest Hits, Ray. I report efficiently despite an existential hangover and intermittent acid flashbacks caused by these monster bling cufflinks I'm wearing. 
I'll write a note and pass it to Ray surreptitiously. Psst, here, read this. Whatever it is we are trying to do here, get it over with quick. I could murder a pint. Mr. Christmas, that's fascinating. But my colleagues and I have recently made significant changes to our risk management procedures, particularly in the case of derivatives. Particularly in the case of your derivatives. We'd be keen to hear your assessments of our liabilities from your baby future. I had one and a half hours kip on a hotel piano last night. Tell him some shit and get us out of here fast. Go and have a spliff in the box. Stop whining or I won't bring you again. Gentlemen and ladies, I want you to imagine that you are juggling on a finely balanced seesaw. There's a weight on one end of the seesaw plank and you on the other. The weight of you plus one juggling ball equals exactly the weight at the other end. If you catch either or both of the other two balls, the added weight will tip the seesaw and you'll fall off and drop all the balls. Now imagine that the weight at the other end of the plank is replaced by another juggler. Excuse me, how did we get onto this seesaw? Surely carrying all the balls would have tipped it up in the first place. Not if you just carried one on first and had the others thrown to you as you started juggling. Right, I see. Second question, which one of you is Ray? Both of us. Ray, you were talking about the other juggler. Thank you, Ray. Another juggler gets on. What can you possibly do? Tell him to stop juggling as you walk further down the plank. Precisely. Your liabilities are such that I'll stop juggling if you promise to walk further down the plank. Does that answer your question? Ten minutes later, we are in the pub. Cheers! Legends in our own lunchtime. We are very privileged tonight to have with us in the studio Archie Bird Dog, Chief Executive Officer of 20th Century Tom, the world's finest media empire. Good day, sportess. Mr. Bird Dog, I read in one of your newspapers that all your TV channels are brilliant. Yes, spot on there, Sheila. So what next, Mr. Bird Dog? What can you bring now to a grateful world? More bird dogs. I need half a dozen more offspring to help run the show. Come to think of it, just turn around and stick your tail in the air. It's completely painless, although you might feel a small prick. No change there, then. Ray has the bright idea of a complete change that might do us good. We enter city to London where a wealth clinic changes all our babies' futures for some new, clean stuff. We're so elated by this long-forgotten clarity of debt and dealing that we get pissed in Soho with the other stone and graphite artist-class scroungers. We're mixing our own Bloody Marys, trying to get that difficult blend between the basic grainy vodka taste, the savoury Worcester sauce and the spicy Tabasco bite, and of course, lemon. 
Lemon spurts everywhere as the bimbos, alarmed by the blue pinstripe suits we've forgotten to take off from the city, advise us that we can go get lost, both of us. <laughs> we are too cheerfully drunk to care. Ray says he's always liked this town, and so next thing we're in a booze-up, heading east of the tower to the Altstadt. Here, in the Hawksmoor Platz, we buy a £25,000 chunk of modern art from a low-temperature Celt who takes some persuading that, yes, he did lend Ray a gun once. How are you, man? I'm fine. Who are you? Christmas! Ray Christmas! You lent me that flipping gun, remember? Uh, what do you call this kind of hooli in England? Uh, um... <laughs> Yuppie-poo, Ray! <laughs> we crack up laughing at what I've just said. Seriously, even the alternative good dealers of the old town look at us as we howl like lassie. It was a killer joke, man. We go round the corner to the curry house, a bar upholstered in velvet fabric and full of other, like, wholesome products of late 20th century capitalism. Paper millionaires rock music, etc. And carry on drinking. More beer, actually. I'll go around the houses, man. Those Yurik cowboys will suck the life out of me. Ah, they're just the forces of law and boredom. It's true, man. Chiseling too far and you generate all that friction. It's truly a drag on the world's economy. That's why when you get richer, your luck stretches and you look tired all the time. So don't go anywhere. Just sit still and you'll look a lot richer when you fix those two cowboys for me. Riches? I'll have enough when I get lottery funding for my flag of Alba formed from smoke canisters on the fourth bridge. I've a team of meteorologists and fluid mechanics from Harriet Watt looking into the dynamics now. That's the dope, man. What the hell's the point of creating a fluid dynamic masterpiece, man, if you never fathered a Celtic master race to appreciate it? I can come and visit and, like, talk to you when you're lying down in a, you know, first hero of the Celtic resistance buried with full tartan honours recumbent posture. Ah, anyway, I told you, I'll handle the boy's frisuric. Money doesn't come into it. As for the master race... I'm doing that already. I'm creating bogus research to tip the market towards certain specific babies' futures. I'm reliably informed that they're the reborn other 11 nights I rode with when I was King Arthur. That's why I've been running into you. We're on similar quests. But no let's get bogged down in minor detail, eh? So what were you two doing there in London then? Getting high, man. Thanks for the gunfight back there in Zurich. They came in heavy. Ah, the hassle I had getting that gun through customs. Obi-Wan Kenobi didn't he know half. Suck on this, Skywalker. Can you feel the force? Oh yeah!
Why have you both such a pained expression? Extensive boozing from our body armor. Leonard, what happened to your face? The Scotsman threw curry in his face. Where is Mr. Christmas's money now? We don't know where his money is. Where did it come from in the first place? He ripped it off from every bank account on the planet. Do you have anything at all positive to tell me? With all due respect, sir, leave it out. Sir, I must remind you the next round of 360 degree feedback is imminent. I draw your attention to the required competence at your grade to be solution-centred, not problem-focused. <laughs> I overlook this then, as I'm trying to curry favour with you. <laughs> Carry on, boys. The others will have every confidence in you. Ray has the bright idea of a complete change that might do us good. We resort one evening to the pub, where the You're With Mix, the Irish tribute show band I've been half-heartedly managing, are playing. A Guinness pump changes all our brain cells to some porridge-like oatmeal stuff. We are so elated by this long-forgotten density of thought and feeling that we get pissed in earnest with the other stoned and Guinness-sodden loungers. We're mixing our own Hail Marys, trying to get that difficult blend between the basic Catholic guilt, the savoury Archie and Scylla scenario, and the spacey near-death bite. And, of course, Benson and Hedges. Fag smoke streams everywhere as the riot girls, aggrieved by the shave we forgot not to have, advise us that we should soon jump in the lake, both of us. We are too cheerfully drunk to care. Ray says he's always liked this band, and so next thing, we're in a piss-up, heading east through the door to the concert hall, a hall with its own weather system. Hot, steamy fog punctuated by other like unwholesome products of late 20th century capitalism. Tuppany millionaires with their redundancy money. Other folks, music, etc. And carry on wishing we were drinking. Any beer, actually. Having lucked himself out, Ray's mood swings towards the philosophical and metaphysical. The You're With Mix are singing Don't Mess With The Missionary Man and here, in this 23-year-old working men's club, I engage in the time-honoured ritual of jumping out of my skin and saying a lot. Boo! Haha, <laughs> made you jump. Fine wee band you have here. Yeah, uh, thanks, uh, but if they don't work out, I'll have enough riches when I get lottery funding for my soaps of pets funded by all-too-easy access to cheap audiovisual equipment and an overindulgent media project. I have a team of media analysts and forensic accountants from who knows what university looking into the fundamentals now. That's it, man. What's the bloody point of creating a fiscal dynamic masterpiece, man, if you never father the media coverage to get the public to appreciate it? They can pay to watch it and, like, talk to you when you're lying down in a, you know, first hero of the cultural resistance, man, buried with full youngest tartan on his recumbent posture. Aye, whatever. Time to fly, ma'am. Let's head for the moors. That'll be groovy. Hey, so, do you think that he and the rest of our chiefs... Are really lizard beings from outer space? It wouldn't surprise me. 
it would explain why our boss is nearly in crocodile tears. I cannot conclude anything other than that these two rays are possessed of a charmed life each. If the combined might of MI5.5 is unable to kill them, then it's time to send in the McGowans. Crap! Not McGowans! The singing Irish ninja assassin sisters. We can kiss them and the money goodbye. Ray has driven almost competently and crashed through many gears, several of them in the right order, to get us here up on Observatory Crest. On an old Roman salt road, with the plantations a dark sea, oily in the night rain behind us, we are spliffing up, overlooking the twinkling city lights. This is totally real, man. My internal monologue has been shut off by the combination of the view and the deep house anthems in the CD stacker. But just like half the flipping time these days, every transcendental moment is followed by a traumatic one. But hey, I wouldn't have it any other way. Big yin, big yang man, like Ray says. So I am becoming aware of a sort of high-pitched sound, like a cross between a kettle and a scream, which is impinging on my blissful state of consciousness. Things seem to be moving, as well as the forest, in the rearview mirror. the door to let out some smoke and it must have hit one of them, which caused her gun to go off shooting straight through the windows to the other side of the car and killing another of them deed. So her that's just deed, she does a disco dance of death and her fingers tighten on the trigger of her gun and she shoots the third and stood at the front of the car. And she does the last waltz as well, causing her to fire through the windscreen in the back windy, killing the fourth one stood there. And that only left the first one still standing, so I punched her head in through the broken windy. You got any Aztec camera? No. Scylla, I just had the most amazing dream. Really? Yes. There was money and sex, international travel and high finance and gunplay and TV and the skin-faced ones. Really? Must be the drugs. Fancy some drugs? Yes, Scylla, but we can't roll a joint. We've no opposable thumbs. hip hip Archie and Scylla Show was directed and edited by Peter Beeston and was written by Andrew Rex Davis. They used to tell me I was building a dream and so I followed them all. When there was earth to plow or guns to bear, I was always there.
right on the job. They used to tell me I was building a dream. It featured Matt McAteer as Ray Christmas, Robert Beard, the narrator, David Reed, Robert the Bruce Lee, Rex Davis, Archie, Wendy Davis, Scylla, Peter Beeston, Leo, Philo Holland, Vincent, Andrew Costa played the suit and the big boss, Greg Harris, the Prime Minister, Jeffrey Card and David Zazulka were the businessmen, Val Monte was the radio reporter, Nick Card, civil servant, Ian Broom and Richard Crowther were the hooligans, and Kerry Marriott was the Thatchagoggy adverts and end credits. This has been an Old Mine production for Sheffield Live and Cornucopia Radio and is copyright 2008. For more information, please visit thatchagoggy.com. Now it's done, brother, can you spare a dime? Once in khaki suits, gee, we look swell, full of that Yankee doodly down. Half a million boots went slogging through hell, and I was the kid with the drum. Say, don't you remember, they called me Al. It was out all the time Why don't you remember I'm your pal Say, buddy, can you spare a dime? Once in khaki suits Ah, gee, we look swell Full of that Yankee doodly dumb Half a million boots went slogging through hell And I was the kid with a drum Oh, say, don't you remember, they called me Al It was Al all the time Say, don't you remember, I'm your pal Buddy, can you spare